Ah, Kyle, you know what? If it wasn't for the West Coast Express era, you and I probably wouldn't be friends. We probably wouldn't be here on Locked On Canucks. Well, guess what? We got Scott Rintoul on the show today to talk about that legendary West Coast Express podcast. Let's get into that interview. It's Bagsy, it's Bowen, it's Rintoul, and you're listening to Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm back, baby, and thanks for hitting the play button on today's episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And before we dive into today's legendary episode, we want to thank you for listening to Locked On Canucks. It's your team every day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode, again, set it off the top, Scott Rintoul, uh, the creator of the West Coast Express podcast from Unreal Sports, joins the show today to talk about all kinds of stuff. The Bertuzzi interviews he did, uh, the interview with Gretzky, and just general thoughts and reactions to the podcast. Uh, but before I get to Scott, quickly, Kyle, how you doing, brother? Nice to see you again. Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Apologies for yesterday. Uh, I'm going to get more into what happened yesterday on maybe tomorrow's episode, maybe at the end of this episode. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, more importantly, a healthy Beggs family. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'm sorry. We're sending you love. It's, uh, it's a beautiful moment. It's the most important part of, of life, and I'm really proud of everything your family's accomplished here, uh, supplying the world with better human beings every day. Even though we're doing the interview, don't don't get us wrong. Okay, Locked On Canucks, your team every day. We're going to get to the comments at the end of the show as well. Uh, Begsy, one love, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, buddy. And uh, yeah, baby, Henry, Henry Kaz de Begs was born Monday morning. So mm-hmm. stoked, man. And he came at the perfect time because, you know, we got home uh, late Tuesday, and now I, I'm here to talk to you and Scott Rintoul. So let's get into it on the other side here. Scott Rintoul joins the podcast here on Locked On Canucks. We're thrilled to be joined on today's episode of Locked On Canucks by a former sports page alumni and, of course, the creator of Unreal Sports West Coast Express podcast, Scott Rintoul. How you doing today, buddy? I'm very well. Trev, Kyle, thanks for having me in. Of course, of course. Uh, and I, and I got to say, you know, Two of my favorite voices that I've ever heard on radio and podcast are here together on Locked On Canucks, Scott and Kyle. I know it's uh, it's a magical moment for me. To, you know, I love both your voices, so uh, uh, really looking wow. forward to this conversation. But uh, <laughs> wow. but Scott, first and foremost, just kind of just want wanted you to touch on you know your inspiration for putting this podcast together and uh, the time frame. How long did it take you to kind of get all the interviews and everything all, all wrapped up? I think we're going to need some calculations ongoing while I'm doing this. We might need like beautiful mind coming in. I have, I don't know how many hours (laughs) it took to get this project done. The inspiration actually isn't a hockey podcast and it wasn't necessarily the story itself. The inspiration actually is a podcast called fall of a Titan. I'm not sure if you guys or any of the viewers or listeners have ever heard of it. It's the story of Steve McNair. And many will remember Steve McNair as a quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, played for the Baltimore Ravens at the end, and he was murdered. And so it was a true crime podcast meets a sports podcast. And I listened to this a number of years ago, and 
Not that I wanted to do exactly that, but what struck me is that we didn't have this type of storytelling very much in the sports world, at least in audio form. We've had it in television documentaries. 30 for 30 is likely the most, the most recognizable series of that form of storytelling, but we didn't have much of this in the audio space. So that always stuck with me. Then I came to the thought one day, it would make a good story, the West Coast Express. Mm -hmm. Just the initial premise. Look, you've got three different players who are drafted by three different teams. They get acquired by three different general managers and somehow wind up on the same line. Like just the odds of that, if you were to do calculations, are minuscule. But then they become the best line in the National Hockey League and take the Canucks out of this abyss that they've been in, the lowest of the lows in the late 90s. Like the chances of that happening are so small. So it's very, it's a very compelling story on that level. And then yeah. you start to dig into some of the backstory and some of the highs and lows, as you guys know, and any of the listeners will know, it's not just when they won or when they scored that it was spectacular. The way they lost was super memorable. Like you can go through a lot of teams in NHL history that did not win, but you might not be able to say who they lost to in the first round or how they got ousted oh. in the second round. Nobody forgets how the Canucks went down or how they won. Like it was such an incredible time. So I knew it was going to be a compelling story, but then as I dug into it more, the scope of it just expanded far beyond what I had originally thought. I thought it was going to be, okay, we'll tell the story of when these guys got together, the few seasons they were together, and then that'll be that. But I realized at some point in the process, if I don't educate people on where this team was and how they got there toward the end of the nineties, they won't understand the impact that those players had not only on the market and on the franchise, but on the entire national hockey league. So yeah. that's why it ended up being a nine part series. No, that's, that's something else. And how you alluded to uh, the Steve McNair podcast as, you know, a sports podcast that meets uh, like a, a, a crime podcast or one of those like murder mystery podcasts. I feel as if you kind of did that here with this as well, because of the way it was scored, but also because, uh, of the incident, you know, it, there, there was a criminal aspect to it to some extent. And that's the Steve Moore incident. And I just want to know where you were when that happened and how you felt because, you know, you, you've been around longer when I saw that happen and it was brand new, you know, something that catastrophic in sport, like something that damaging. And I didn't know the repercussions, you know, I just thought, you know, maybe a 10 game suspension, 15 game suspension, but it was so much bigger than that. Was there something that you compared that moment to? And again, where were you? There's nothing that I can think of right now that I compare the moment to simply because of how big it got. Like it transcended hockey, it transcended sports in North America. As I detail in the podcast, Oprah was talking about it, which if anybody knows what the Oprah Winfrey show was in its heyday, that's far outside the realm of what was ever discussed on that program. That just shows you the extent to which it got. News, news stations all over North America were talking about this. The next day, where was I? I was in the press box. I was at that game. And I thought when I was putting that episode together that I would at some point inject how I saw it, what happened from an objective point of view and how it made people feel. But Ian McIntyre summarized my thoughts and encapsulated them so perfectly that I didn't feel the need to inject my voice and my perspective. But yeah, I was in the building and it was a very strange, strange environment that night. 
And I've never seen anything like it in sports. That's why I don't quite know what to compare it to because being there, people forget that when the incident first happened, when the blow was struck, the crowd roared. Roared. Because their team's getting blown out. This is the guy that had hit their captain. And the crowd was there for it. Because they didn't expect, as none of us expected, the consequences of what happened. And then that place went as silent as I've ever heard or seen a sporting venue when the pile finally unfurled and there was blood on the ice and Steve Moore wasn't moving. So I've never experienced that type of emotional swing, even from an observational point of view. You know, you're doing your job, you compartmentalize when you're reporting at the time, but I've never seen anything like that. And it was a really difficult episode to construct because of that emotion. And I never wanted this series to be a relitigation of that case. It was a telling of what happened through the lens of those who were on or close to the Vancouver Canucks. This was a docu-series, not a documentary. And I do think there's a difference. So it was a really difficult chapter to do. It was a difficult incident to ask Todd about, to ask Marcus about, to ask Mark Crawford, Brad May, go down the list. Like it's a hard thing to talk about, and we're almost 20 years later. Yeah, and maybe I'll ask you about that specifically, Scott, because, you know, talking to Todd Bertuzzi about it, you know, it had to be pretty tough. How did you go about that? And then, you know, maybe on the lighter side, you know, how did you find your conversations with Todd Bertuzzi? Because obviously there's that dark cloud kind of hanging over everything he did in Vancouver. But at the end of the day, he's one of the most memorable players to ever play in this market. No question he is. And I think that's why it's important to listen to the entirety of the podcast and even hear Todd Bertuzzi in the bonus episode, which was just released in the round table, because you hear a different person than the one that you may remember in Vancouver. So asking Todd about it was not easy. And you can hear the exchange between me and him in the podcast. And it wasn't an easy thing for him to talk about in part and I don't want to go spoiler on this, but in part because he doesn't remember certain things around that time for reasons that he did not want to get into, which is fine. But what I think you find with Todd Bertuzzi now compared to then is that you've got a far more vulnerable individual and somebody that if you're a believer in rehabilitation or self-betterment, self-improvement throughout the course of your life, I think that's the person we find now. That's what I found in talking to him that there's a humility there, there's a recognition and a groundedness there that perhaps wasn't there, not just right in around that incident, but during the heyday of Todd Bertuzzi when he was in his prime. He's, he's a different person now. Mm -hmm. I think we're all different people after 20 years of living on this planet and experiencing different things. But I think you hear a far, far more vulnerable person, which to me is part of the compelling aspect of this story. Yeah, and... It being Todd, Todd Bertuzzi being like the main character, or the antagonist in this story just makes it live forever. And it's based on what Trevor said at the end, you know, Bertuzzi was known not just in the market, but around the NHL as the outlier, you know, the player that every team wanted. And he was so good offensively as well. Can, can you compare anyone since Todd Bertuzzi to Todd Bertuzzi? Because I still can't. It's hard I, to I just, find a guy. Yeah. It's hard it to is. find a guy. Like everybody would say, just from a physical standpoint, Tom Wilson. But Tom mm -hmm. Wilson isn't as offensively talented and mm -hmm. as gifted as Todd Bertuzzi was back in the day. And Todd Bertuzzi, 
with all due respect to that particular incident, on a regular basis, didn't run afoul of the law, if you will, of the NHL with the regularity that Tom Wilson has. So I think there's an aspect of a Tom Wilson. I think there's an aspect of a Matthew Kachuk, but certainly the frame on a Matthew Kachuk is nowhere near the size of a Todd Bertuzzi. I think there's aspects of players, but he is such an outlier and you might want to call a unicorn. He is that prototypical dominant power forward that every single team searches for and wants on their roster, but most find impossible to either develop or to ever draft. We're going to get back to that conversation with Scott Runtool in a second. But first, we need to tell you to make your way to FanDuel because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. All right, Kyle, you know what? The NBA season, it's over. I said Nuggets in five. No big deal. Make sure you listen to my advice on NBA, you know, big-time <laughs> NBA fan over here. Uh, and even though the NBA season's over, they got futures for next season. Uh, Denver Nuggets lead the way, plus 460 to win the NBA championship next season, followed by the Boston Celtics at plus 500 and Milwaukee Bucks also at plus 500. My Portland Trailblazers all the way down at plus 13,000. But no matter who you're betting on, make sure you're doing it at FanDuel because when you bet on FanDuel, you get great promotions every day. The app is safe and secure and you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on all the NBA action than on America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Yeah, just uh, such a unique player. And, uh, you know, Kyle and I talked about it a couple weeks ago here on Locked On Canucks. I would say he's probably the primary reason I became a Canucks fan. Uh, actually, the first goal I ever remember, my first ever Canucks memory was just a random goal he scored back in, in 1998, sniping it. And uh, yeah, ever since then, been a big fan. Much as I'm a big fan of this podcast you've done, Scott. So uh, I want to ask you now that uh, the podcast has been released in its entirety and that bonus uh, episode has been included. You know, what were your thoughts to some of the reactions you got for the podcast? And, and in particular, was there anyone who reached out to you or was there a particular reach out that stood out to you? I can't name names in terms of the reach outs that have stood out, but I was overwhelmed to a certain extent with the feedback and I'll take you back to before we even released this. I'd been working on this project for quite some time. Wasn't sure when we were going to distribute it, it what, what form it was going to take when we actually put it out there. But in late November, I said, okay, coming early in 2023. And I just sent it out as a tweet and I thought, well, a few people will see that and they'll think that's great. But the response to that tweet, was so much more of a tidal wave than I ever expected. I couldn't believe how many people went, I've been waiting for something like this, LFG, get this to me now, hook it to my veins. This is going to be incredible. And I'll tell you, there was an emotion inside of me that went, oh man, this better be good. Like people's <laughs> expectations are really high. I was, you know, I'm doing my best to put out a product, but I realized that the expectation of, the fan who wanted to listen to this was really high and set the bar really high. And so it added a bit more pressure in putting this project together. And I'm proud to report that the feedback we got along the way and that I received personally along the way was tremendous and overwhelming to a certain extent. The, the ones that stick out are the people saying things like, look, it's allowed me to reconnect with my dad. We watched this era of Canucks hockey together. We haven't really talked about sports in a bunch of years, but 
I heard about this. Now he's listening to it. And we're talking about each episode every week. And mm-hmm. we've actually reestablished this sports connection. And sometimes that was from grandparent to child, all the way down to a grandson or daughter, where they were all listening together and they were going through this era and they were all excited about the same thing. I had another young woman reach out and she said, you probably have no idea, but this has reconnected me and my friends. A bunch of them have moved away, some in different parts of the world, but we all grew up with this and it's caused us to start a dialogue again. Like I love hearing stories like that. Obviously the feedback that comes in, Hey, the production is tremendous. This is so much better than I expected. I love all of that, but hearing that real human interaction and the further dialogue that it's created among people, that's pretty special. Yeah. It's, but it's, I think it's easy because there's so many of us that are, you know, Canucks, you know, they, they, they put out that slogan for a long time and the Canucks were a pretty prevalent team right after the, the, the West coast express. And again, the slogan was, you know, we are all Canucks. And I feel as if at this time in our Canuck fandom, we're kind of disconnected with being with the Canucks because the stuff on the ice doesn't matter. You know, like they're, they're just not successful. Winning is not existence uh, existent in this, uh, in this part of town. And it was kind of easy to, uh, fall in love with the idea of this coming out because we needed another reason to connect with the Canucks. And that happened for me, for real. I feel as if you didn't just get me back into falling in love with the Canucks, but also just getting back into love with listening to Hockey Talk constantly. Uh, the, the podcast was done extremely well. And I know, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Okay? And if this is a, spoil, uh, a spoiler, I, I am sorry. But the fact that you had Wayne Gretzky talk about this line was like the icing. Because again, I became a Canuck fan because of the West Coast Express. I always thought of them as the best. And the Canucks have never been the best. But here's the best player ever, ever, even talking highly about Naslin, Bertuzzi, and Morrison. Uh, What was it like talking to Gretzky about the West Coast Express? Pretty surreal, but that goes back to how I got Gretzky on. And that's a perfect example, actually, Kyle, of how this podcast evolved. I had no idea of including Wayne Gretzky in this podcast originally, but as I started to go back and I was looking at significant events that to me, when they tried to sign Wayne Gretzky in the mid nineties was this clear signal to everybody in hockey. Hey, we're going to do this differently now, differently than Vancouver's ever operated in the past. So when I originally wanted to put something in on that, I reached out to Wayne Gretzky's agent, Mike Barnett, who was happy to talk about it, but Mike Barnett still works for the Rangers and the Rangers wouldn't grant him permission to do it because he was talking about another club, even though it was more than 25 years ago. So I went, Oh, I guess I'm at a dead end. Well, actually I know a guy in media who knows Wayne Gretzky. So I reached out to Darren Drager and I said, you guys are pretty tight. Do you think he would do it? And he said, I have no idea, but he does like talking about the history of the game. So there's at least a chance. Why don't you send me two or three questions you'd want to ask him I'll send them to him. I'll send you your contact inf- him, your contact info. No promises whatsoever. He calls or he doesn't, but it can't hurt. And so Darren was awesome enough to do that. And I really appreciate it. One day my phone rings and we all get this call on our phone where it says whatever city in whatever state. And you go, okay, I'm not picking that up. That's a prank call, but it came up as Californian. And I looked at my wife and it was in the middle of summer and I went, I'm going to take this one just in case, like you never know. And it's Wayne Gretzky on the other end of the phone. And I pick it up and I immediately go outside because I'm like, I can't have my kids being too loud in the background. I need a little bit of privacy on this one. So I start talking to him and the most humble guy ever on the other end 
Hey, so I heard you wanted help. Oh, it's not a book. It's a podcast. Well, that's okay. I could do that. And he says to me, we're going to LA. I've got to go work for a couple of days. I'm coming back home on the weekend. Can we set something up for Monday? And my heart sank because I was off to Europe on the weekend to go to a friend's wedding. And I went, I just got and lost Wayne Gretzky within about three minutes of actual time. And I said, Wayne, I'm actually taking my wife to Europe on Saturday. We're going for a friend's wedding. I'm really sorry. Monday's not going to work out. We're gone for 10 days. The best response you could hear was the one he provided. He went, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> Take your wife to Europe. Have a great time. And, well, you've got my number now. So when you get back, just send me a text or give me a call and we'll set something up. And it was the weirdest feeling in the world to have Wayne Gretzky say, you've got my number now. <laughs> Just like somebody at your fantasy football league draft would say to you, he's saying it as nonchalant as that. So he was gracious. He was extremely well-spoken as you guys heard on the podcast and very generous with his time as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> great, great story, Scott. And uh, maybe I'll ask you one more question about Gretzky quickly. I mean, you kind of knew the background about him almost becoming a Canuck. You know, was there anything new you learned from that? Were you surprised about the depth he shared uh, about him almost becoming a Canuck? Yeah, there were two things that stood out to me and that I learned. One, I had no idea, and I don't think anybody really had any idea that he got an offer from the Dallas Stars. Yeah. He revealed that in this podcast, and I went looking for information on that afterward. Like, how had I missed that? I couldn't find any. So... That was a little bit of news breaking that Bob Gainey had actually offered him a contract. And then the other part of it, it had long been rumored that the Rangers would always have this opportunity to match or better the offer that the Vancouver Canucks gave. And George McPhee, who just won a Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights, actually said that in the podcast that, hey, I found out later that the Rangers would have had an opportunity to match. Gretzky dispels that. He says, that's not the case whatsoever. Says I was never going to use the offer as leverage. I went there to make a deal. And I, I believe Gretzky's account. And it's not that I discount what George McPhee said. He probably heard it through the rumor mill. Like a lot of people hear a lot of things. But the fact that Gretzky flew to Seattle with his agent on their own dime. You don't do that when you're Wayne freaking Gretzky. Unless you have actual desire and intent to sign a contract. You don't. He showed up there. He went in there with good intentions. It was a poor tactic in the middle of the night to try to pressure the guy into giving a decision without talking to his family. And it fell apart. And for Vancouver Canucks fans who wonder what might have been, yeah, it sucks, but that's what <laughs> happened. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, in terms of George McPhee and that story, by the way, if you haven't heard on Real Sports West Coast Express, got to go check it out. What are you doing? What are you uh, but doing? in terms of what are you doing listening to this? Go check out that, okay? <laughs> uh in terms of McPhee, you know, I think it's human nature, right? Like if something doesn't go your way, you kind of look to justify it some way, right? And that's kind of that was kind of my takeaway when I heard McPhee talking about that. But uh hey, it is what it is. We got Mark Messier instead of Wayne Gretzky, you know. It's uh I was gonna say it's all good, but you know, the the pain I think is still felt in this market a little bit. Well, let me ask you guys a question then, because you brought up Mark Messier. You guys have heard the podcast, and not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't, but when you heard people talk about Messier, even though he didn't participate in the project, did it change your view on him whatsoever with his time in Vancouver? It did. It did because I didn't grow up in that era following the Canucks. Again, just turned 30 years old, okay? But all I've heard about Messier was the worst things, you know? 
I was the worst this, the worst that. The hate on Messier is something else. It's something else here. It really is. He's probably the most hated player in the NHL from Canucks fans. And then when I heard uh, the podcast, I feel as if I connected different to it because of what the players were saying about Messier. And it doesn't surprise me because uh, maybe we're not used to it here, but that dude's a winner. That dude's a winner. He's won more than a lot of NHL players, and it sounded as if the players kind of respected that. That being said, so much of the dy dynamic of whatever the Canucks were were broken when he was brought here because of the captain, captaincy and just everything kind of just broke apart. It was, it was, it was more than just Messier, but again, my perspective on him did change. Yeah. And, and for me, I think the one thing that stood out most was actually Todd Bertuzzi's comments about Mark Messier, because again, you know, my favorite player growing up, uh, I don't really remember Messier in Vancouver again, like Kyle said a bit, a bit before our time by a, a year or two, uh, but hearing, you know, Todd Bertuzzi say glowing things about Mark Messier did kind of help me change my tune a little bit because Again, you just think the worst about this guy, and there's there's reason, there's justification for it. But uh, at the end of the day, he was a good influence on players like Todd Bertuzzi, and uh, you know that that made a difference for this team in the long run. Yeah, um, it sure did. Yeah, uh, Scott, I I want to ask you again. We talked about Gretzky. I think that interview obviously a highlight for you in this podcast. But you know, maybe aside from Gretzky, who did you enjoy interviewing most? That's hard to rank, quite frankly, because there were so many people I interviewed. And they were all so different and brought something different to the table. Like, I honestly, I'd have a bunch of tied for first. I mean, how do you not enjoy listening to Brian Burke and dropping some of the lines? Like, even the small ones that Burkey drops, when he said, yeah, we called Bert 7-Eleven because he was always open, right? Like, little <laughs> nuggets like that. He's always known how to make a great sound bite. I, like, honestly, my biggest takeaway is that those three guys trusted me. So I love the fact that they were willing to spend a lot of time to share their story with me and Todd in particular, because we haven't heard that much from Todd until recent years. And that's a tough road to go down. And there wasn't anything big in this for Todd. Like, it's not like I called these guys and said, Hey, here's a bunch of money. If you do this, not at all. I said, here's what I'd like to do. Would you guys want to be involved in it? And they were all willing to do it. So I don't think I can rank somebody at number one. Sadine's provided fantastic insight. Dave Babich had some humorous stories. Tommy Larshide is always a blast anytime you talk to him. So go down the list, and I, I don't think that there's one that's set apart. Gretzky obviously differentiates himself simply because of his stature and the fact that I didn't expect him to be a part of this. But outside of that, I think it's a lot of tied for firsts. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, Scott. It's uh, there were so many great interviews along the way, and uh, again, we're going to say it a couple more times here before we get out of here on Locked On Canucks. Go check out Unreal Sports West Coast Express, the podcast. Uh, just amazing work by uh, one of the city's mm. finest, New Westminster's mm. own Scott. Is that right? It's not New Westminster's oh, own. No. I, think people, <laughs> I think I think people think that because like my phone for whatever reason was registered in New Westminster when I originally got it like 20 something years ago. And so like on the phone, it might come up like that. But no, I'm not from New West. I grew up in Kamloops. I've been in the lower mainland for, oh geez, I don't even want to count the years now. 30 years, basically. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm the North Shore's. Scott Rentrell. Ah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, that, that's where I got New West from too, was uh, when we talked on the phone a couple of months back. Uh, <laughs> a couple more questions here, Scott, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. What's next for Unreal Sports? Really good question, and it's TBA right now, and I guess TBD. I haven't determined what the next project's going to be. There's a number of them that 
I've considered taking on and pursuing. And quite frankly, I didn't believe that the next season would be hockey. I thought it would be a different sport and it still might be a different sport, but there've been a couple of recent connections and conversations that have made me at least press pause on that and say, okay, I should consider whether or not hockey is the next season. So I'm going to see where those conversations go. So I'll leave you hanging in suspense, mainly because I'm hanging in suspense right now. (laughs) Here's what I do know. I know there's a lot of really, really good sports stories out there and too many of them don't get the light of day because we're living in this era of, well, if you didn't win, what does it even matter? Which is ridiculous to me. Like it's ridiculous to me because let's just use the NHL. 31 teams didn't win this year. Does that Mm -hmm. mean none of the great stories matter? Does it mean the players who inspired kids or people who weren't watching hockey prior to this to now start following the game or following those players, do those not matter? Like that's the very essence of sports. And that's part of the reason I wanted to tell a story about a team that made an impact without winning a Stanley cup, because we celebrate those teams all the time and they deserve their due. But I think we weighed it a little too heavily compared to impact. If you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Cause the Canucks never won, but look what happened. Like this conversation is not even happening without whatever happened with, again, a team that didn't win, like good moments, strong moments, real moments, memories that I'll remember forever still happened. Okay. I actually want to, I think we should end the conversation on this note. Okay. I got a great question. I've been, th- I've, I've been so excited to talk about this with you guys. Cause I feel as if it's really polarizing, but if you had one game to win, uh, which line are you playing? Like which, which line are you counting on? Is it, Bertuzzi, Niles, and Morrison, or is it Henrik, Daniel, and Burroughs? Which era are we playing in? That might help oh, us solve the riddle. Oh, oh man, what era? Okay, can, can that not matter here? Can that not matter? Let's not let's not make it even more complicated, okay? Because I feel as if if it's a one game thing, I'm picking Henrik, Daniel, and Burroughs. It's a tough call. Like, and, and part yeah. of it, like again, you can couch it a bunch of different ways. Because, like, who are they playing? Is it a physical mm-hmm. team? Like, so if you want to go back Ooh. to the pinnacle for the Sedin and Burroughs line, like in a series that was officiated the way that 2011 was, Bertuzzi would have been fairly useful. You know, like, like if you're going to let them go and let people get pushed around and, and punched in the face, like that line would have been pretty useful at that time as well. Mm-hmm. So you can argue it a bunch of different ways. It's tough. Like, I think overall for longevity, you end up giving the best line in Canucks history to the Sedin line. They both won scoring titles. One of them got a heart yeah. trophy. That never happened for the Bertuzzi, Naslin, Morrison line. However, you can argue it's the most exciting line in Canucks history. And I will say this, as is mentioned in the podcast, no Canucks line has outscored that one in a single season basis. Like that's still the highest scoring season. We're 20 years mm-hmm. removed from it. But 0203, if you add up Morrison, Naslin, Bertuzzi, it's higher than any other trio that played together in Canucks history in any one season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's it's a really tough one. I think uh, my gut was to go with uh, Bertuzzi, Naslin, Morrison, but you know the Sedins and Burroughs had a bit of that clutch gene in them. Which you know, if you're trying to win one game, that's really what you want. So I'd yeah. probably lean the Sedins and Burroughs. But uh, that's a great question, Kyle. That's why they pay you the big bucks here on Locked On Canucks. No, 100%. That's why they do it. And I think it's great that we had this conversation and, you know, we ended on that question because this is one of the true projects that kind of archived that 
that time in our lives and just in hockey in general. And again, having the Gretzky co-sign, in my opinion, goes a long way because this was before YouTube. This was before everyone had camera phones. So there actually isn't that much footage on the dominance of Bertuzzi, Naslin, and Morrison. So I thank you so much for archiving it in this way and getting the interviews and working and making sure everything was just right because this is not just for the West Coast, the best coast of Canada. This is for the NHL. Like real talk. This is this is some great work and some real history uh, done by you and your team. Well, thank you very much. And and you're welcome, I suppose, to your thanks to me. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed the podcast and and appreciate you guys taking the opportunity to spread it far and wide as well. Yeah, thanks again, Scott. Any, I know everyone knows you here in this market, but anything else you want to plug or say uh, before we let you go? No, just that this series is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and every episode is uploaded on YouTube. The first nine are audio only, but you can find that on YouTube. And then the 10th bonus episode, if you want to actually see Marcus, Todd, and Brendan in video form, you will see that entire roundtable on YouTube as well for that bonus episode. Fantastic stuff, Scott. Thanks again for joining us here on Locked On Canucks. Thanks again to Scott Rintoul for taking out his time. Again, go check out West Coast Express by Unreal Sports. Unreal Sports? Or is it just Unreal? It's Unreal Sports. West Coast Unreal Express. Sports. I'm telling you, just a really, really entertaining uh, uh, audio program. For real. Program, series, call it what you want. It's just something that you can escape to. You can fall in love with. And uh, just blessed to have it wherever you stream podcasts. For real. I love escaping. You know you know me, Begsy. I like quality entertainment. And Scott Rintoul and company did a, a great job. A great job. And uh, I think it's something that not only allows me to possibly go back to it whenever I want. Because I'm just a sports nut like that and a big-time Canucks fan. It makes me even more excited for what's to come out of that studio, that production team. So again, one love to Unreal Sports and Scott Rintoul. Yeah, I know he did a, a fantastic job kind of laying out some stories for us. And honestly, it's the best podcast series I've ever listened to. And Whoa. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a biased Canucks fan. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, Locked Up Canucks, your team every day. You know, I, you, you and I, Kyle, know we're eating, living, and breathing Vancouver Canucks. Uh, both present and past. So uh, make sure you go check it out. Scott Rintoul, Unreal Sports, West Coast Express podcast. Boom, boom. You know, we're just promoting, promoting a lot on the episode. And it is what it is. It's because, why, Begsy? We lead with love. We lead mm -hmm. with love. And I got to say this, you know, just just understanding uh, what's been going on in the, the Vancouver media market with the, with sports and, and, and people who follow the Canucks. Uh, one thing I've realized about that side of the world is – Everyone's really, really nice, really, really supportive. You know, it's it's really uh, it's a really tight knit community here. I know there's a lot of animosity amongst uh, the fans and and whatnot, but it, it only happens because the Canucks suck. You get what I'm saying? But everyone who talks about the team, reports on the team, I feel as if everyone's everyone's good stuff. And I feel as if a big reason for that is because of Jason Botchford, man. I feel as if he spread a lot of love for real. He was top dog, one of the best in the NHL. And I feel as if right when he was getting that clout and recognition and that push to stardom from the NHL and the people, he immediately followed that up with even more love to his neighbors and his community. So just uh, just want to appreciate that and put that out there. Uh, speaking of the love, right? We got to talk about this all the time at the end of the show. Comet Corner. Comet Corner, the best part of the show. And I think I got a couple comments here, okay? So some, some great ones. 
Uh, the first one comes from Yogesh, okay? Did a solo episode a couple days ago. Uh, and Yogesh was said, Yogesh said what? Uh, my man, <laughs> I'm already laughing, okay? Yogesh said, my man Kyle is killing it. And I said, thank you, bud. And here comes Pipe, okay? I think his name's Jay. He said, not in a good way. Way too many bleeps. Come back, Begsy, okay? Come, come back, Begsy, and look who's back. Begsy, okay? Hey, we're a fan for a show, all right? Then the second comment, it's even better, okay? He does it again. He just goes after me. <laughs> there is no loss in the Vegas Golden Knights name. And I replied with, I'll take that loss. I'll take that loss. Oh, man. What did he do to this pipe guy? That's unbelievable, man. Yeah. What, you, what did you do to this Jay guy? It don't matter, bro. Who cares, man? Like us or not, <laughs> hate us or not, you know, agree with us or not, love one more than the other or not. Who cares? Who cares? Why? Because we're all Canucks. It's all good, baby. It's all good. Yeah, no, I uh, I, I appreciate you stepping up there on, on Monday's episode, Kyle. I, I enjoyed listening to you talk, even though you couldn't say Alexis Lafreniere. I appreciated it. Hey, buddy. but at least I was honest. Like, Alex, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Alex from New York. Alex from New like York. He's calling yeah. into a sports radio show. Oh, man. <laughs> Alex from New York. <laughs> hey, had to do it, man. Had to do it, man. Had to do it for Alex. So you never know. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he he will get traded here. And I, I come on, man. You know, got to respect the guy. You know what I'm saying, bro? It is what it is. I, you know what? I, I am going to tell the people though uh, why there was no episode yesterday. And you know what? Family first. Pro, uh, family first for Trevor Bags. I'm sorry, and first for me. I've said that many, many times. Uh, but yesterday, something something did impact the family on this side, and it, it required immediate attention and. There was no real time for me to do an episode. This all being said, when I found out the news and I saw that I had to be be somewhere ASAP, there was still a little window for me to make an episode, okay? So I did attempt to make an episode, but it was hard to do so because the person involved was the reason why I fell in love with the Vancouver Canucks too. It wasn't just Todd Bertuzzi. It was the dude in my family, the only one that really, really, really loved hockey and made sure somebody else would get that you know, passed on to them. And it was this person who was involved yesterday and I was doing the episode and I mentioned how, how I had to do the episode episode because it times out with what's happening with Vegas and Florida, right? One of these teams is going to win a cup before my uncle does, you know, my uncle who's been on this earth for a very long time and the most passionate Canuck fan. And it made sense for me, maybe for me to like get those feelings out, but it was hard to do so. And rightfully so ran out of time, you know, half the jet. As soon as I went to go visit the uncle, you know, I swear to you, the first thing he said, the first thing he said, I, this, is, this, is, this is it. We are all Canucks, right? The first thing he said was, I can't believe Las Vegas is going to win a Stanley Cup before me. What are the chances? <laughs> yeah. Holy, man. It's, yeah, uh... he, he, he's in there. He's in pain. You know, he, he's getting better. Yeah. It's all love. He's going to be great. But it was just ironic. And that's why the Canucks have to get better and get better now because people have been waiting and people deserve better and we deserve hope and hope is something that allows us to escape and sometimes we need to escape from life and feel passionate about something else i know some people think sports are a complete waste of time and fandom is a complete waste of time now you don't get it it's what life is all about for real that feeling and we want that feeling to be fulfilled and after six long years the vegas golden knight fans finally got their wish and it's I'm not going to lie. It's cool. It's great. It's going to grow the game. It's going to make sure Vegas is around forever and there's going to be fans forever and the game's grown great. Okay, who cares? We still don't got one and I'm a little mad about it. 
Yeah, geez, there's a lot of emotions packed in that uh, that statement, yeah. Kyle. But you know, first and foremost, you know, what one love to your uncle, sending him health and good wishes, and and I know you listen out there, you send it the same Kyle's way. Uh, again, mm-hmm. we appreciate you tuning in here on Locked On Canucks. Um, yeah, in, in terms of Vegas, I mean, you know, a lot of Canadians on the team, at least. You know, Mark Stone again, one of my favorite players in the league. That's a non-Canuck. Uh, so I was kind of happy to see him get a hat trick and lift the cup, even though I don't really have any you know, positive mm-hmm. feelings towards Vegas. But uh, kind of lastly, on, on the camaraderie of sports, I think Scott touched on it on this episode, right? You know, often it's sports is what brings people together. And, you know, Scott talked about how, you know, people reached out to him saying, you helped me reconnect with my dad, my granddad, my friends. It's that's the power of sports. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully there's uh, some something mixed in here on Locked On Connects along the way, whether you're in every day or whether you tune in occasionally, whether it's your first time listening, that kind of makes you think and maybe reach out to someone in your life about the Vancouver Canucks because uh, mm-hmm. sports, it's uh, an amazingly powerful tool for bringing people together. And Kyle, I know it's what uh, brought you and I together as well. Yeah, for real. There's no lie about that. You know, it's an emotional story too. me walking across the classroom just to shake Trevor Beggs' hand because I noticed that he actually liked the Canucks too. It's, a, it's, a, it's an emotional uh, it's an emotional thing. It's a fine line. If Todd Bertuzzi is not a Canuck, are we, are we friends? I don't know. It's crazy how life works, okay? Locked on Canucks, your team every day. Let's sign out. Begsy, man, you've been here for way too long. You got a, you got a second kid, man. You know, you are fan first. You are fan first after all. And that's dope, man, okay? And that's why you should subscribe and hit the like button. That's beautiful, man. You you made the switch, and I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. It's uh, <laughs> it's good to be back here on you, and I'm glad I made that conversation with Scott. That was a fun one. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. Whether you're an everyday or an occasional listener or a first-time listener, uh, we love you. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, coming up this week on Locked On Canucks, and we wanted to talk about Pod Colson and Huglander. You know, who's going to have the better NHL career and who's going to have the longer career with the Vancouver Canucks? Also going to get into some draft stuff as well. But for now, I got to go see my two my two day old son and my <laughs> wife. So I'm going to get out of here. I'm Trevor Banks. That guy's Kyle Bowen. And you've been listening to Locked On Canucks.